today's episode is brought to you by Musical Theater Radio's merch store. Looking for that perfect gift for someone or just want to treat yourself to some great musical theater themed merch? Head to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the All Things Theater button on the homepage and check out all the different designs available. And now, today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. It is always fun to have past guests come back on the show to see what's new with them and their career. Well, today we are catching up with the very talented Robert Friedman and learning more about the new musical, Witnesses. Robert, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to be here. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah, it's been a while. So so I understand you got some new stuff. This is a really interesting project for me. Um, yeah. it, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's um, there. It's based on five diaries from uh, five different teenagers in Europe during uh, World War II, during the Holocaust. They're Jewish teenagers. And after the war, their diaries were found. Uh, different countries by different people obviously and um some of them were published uh, some of them only published for the first time recently um and um a talented uh writer producer named jordan beck um i guess going back about 10 years he mm -hmm. and um his producing partner uh uh jeremy lap they uh, have been working to make this happen for a long time. And the first thing they did, which was very interesting, is that they found five different uh, composer lyricists or composer lyricist teams mm -hmm. um, to each take a single diary and pick three uh, pivotal moments from each diary to turn into songs. And uh, they they chose really uh, wonderful talented people and uh, award-winning writers and they uh then they asked uh, me to listen to all the songs read all the diaries and uh write a book so it was a little bit backwards but in a really intriguing way and um i found it um i found it uh, really fulfilling ultimately uh uh just as a creative person and um and uh a theater person you know um it turned out great um it was produced at the california center for the um arts sorry california center for the arts <laughs> in escondido california which is uh near san diego mm -hmm. and la jolla and um it was a wonderful production directed by uh jay scott lap jeremy lap and uh with wonderful uh, creative team and uh, a fantastic cast. They're all, the characters are all teenagers, uh, but at various times, some of them play adults mm -hmm. as well as it, you know, uh, be. And um, I think the youngest in our cast was 15 and the oldest was 26, a little older than team, but uh, passed very well for it. And um, uh, we got an overwhelmingly wonderful response. We got fantastic reviews and uh we got some awards from the critics and um so 
it was a very, very good experience. And now we're trying to figure out how to have other people see it. Uh, an extraordinary number of people came down from LA uh, to see it um, and from out of town, but um, really liked, I think it's an important piece and it's really, really important right now uh, because um, the diaries include typical teenage stuff, girls and boys and, you know, parents and things like that. But then as the war progresses, it starts to get uh, a lot darker. And um, so it, it'll put, it puts you in mind immediately of what's happening in Ukraine right now, uh, but also other um, parts of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just makes you think so much about the uh, intolerance and hatred, even in the United States of America, or maybe especially so. And uh, it just couldn't feel more timely. And all the actors had uh, real uh, emotional experiences performing in the play, uh, in the show. And, um, and it was, I think, very true for the creative team as well. And so there's going to be a reunion, actually, of the original cast um, at, uh, in La Jolla in, on June 4th. Um, and uh, uh, it's part of something called J-Fest, which I believe is a Jewish festival of the arts there, but it's open to the public. Hmm. And um, uh, we are also, you know, in the works trying to uh, get a, some kind of reading or presentation in New York. And um, my feeling about it is that, uh, as I said, I want the most number of people to see it, especially young people. It's not necessarily a play only for young people, mm -hmm. but I think that it's uh, at all, but I think that it's uh, it's imperative that young people see it and understand uh, the kind of world that uh, that these kids lived in and, the, and, and, and see the parallels of the kind of world we're living in today. And uh, so, uh, so I'm very, very, um, uh, very uh, uh, delighted that it's gotten such a great response and I'm very hopeful about the future for it. And um, uh, the chances of it uh, getting published are really what I'm, my personally goal for it, it so that so that schools uh, and regional theaters, community theaters, schools, colleges, mm -hmm. whatever can produce it. Whether it's going to have a New York production, I I don't know, but you know that would be obviously great too. Yeah, it's so it's, it's a fascinating not just from you know the whole thing is fascinating not just from you know the creation standpoint, but obviously the the story as well. And and how how did you how did you tackle it? How did you intertwine those the the whole thing? I'm very curious. Well, you know because they're all teenagers. Um, uh, I think the youngest is 13 when the diary starts. Um, the They share a lot of things in common, even though they're in different countries. And um, they all are dealing with um, ultimately being herded in ghettos and people being taken away. And, and before that, being stripped of their belongings and their dignity and uh, everything you can imagine losing, including parents. You know, being separated from parents, 
Um, and so there's there's a lot of commonality. So I looked for the com the common things that you know between, among them. And uh, as I said, I I read each of the diaries and um, I pulled out things from the diaries that I thought were important. And and some of them were in songs and some of them weren't. And I tried to bring out the stuff that I thought would tie the story together and and uh, arrange the songs in, in an order that made um, emotional sense and uh, theatrical sense. And um, it was interesting. I had, it wasn't the first time that I had come to a project where the score was basically already written and um, and and because uh, I did that with Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella that was on television in uh, 1997 and recently celebrated its uh, 25th anniversary. Yeah, and um, so I I I kind of knew that process, you know, already. But um, also the I have to say all of the songwriters were very collaborative with me, and um, we had an interesting situation. After the show was written, although we were still working on it, uh, we had a problem with the rights to one of the diaries because um, the uh, heirs had promised uh, one of the diaries to uh, another creative team to do a musical just on that one person. Mm. And um, so they pulled out and um, but we had another we found another diary that was, you know, fantastic. But the songwriter for that, Anna Jacobs, who is brilliant, she um, wrote all new songs for that uh, character. Uh, and uh, they were just as brilliant, if not better, than the songs she'd written for the, the other characters. So it could have been a disaster, but it turned out to be actually uh, a really wonderful thing to happen with the show. Um, in that case, uh, is a young girl named Renya uh, from Poland, who um, her sister, her younger sister, and her mother both survived the war. And uh, her mother is a long past, but her sister's still alive. Mm. And her her uh, her niece, obviously, you know, is uh, uh, and the, and her sister still live in New York City and. Um, her sister speaks the Holocaust and her 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 sister's experiences. And um, another interesting thing about uh, putting the production together and, and is that we met with Holo Holocaust survivors in Southern California and in, in that area or in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them, you know, had the numbers tattooed on their arms, you know, from being at Auschwitz. And, um, and they were really eager to share their stories. You know, they're getting older and older, as we know. And, uh, you know, there'll come a time when there will be no uh, survivors left to tell the story. So that's another thing that just feels so important about this, this piece. Seemingly um, enough, I mean, there's, there's laughter, you know, because teenagers, you know, say and do funny things. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, by the end, you know, a lot of the audience is in tears. But um, it was really important to me that it not be maudlin, you know. For sure. And, uh, and uh, 
and so it's not. It's um, it's an interesting combination of of uh, you know a mixture of humor and humanity and um, and uh, fear and uh, and determination uh, to survive or that the world will never forget and. Um, Anyway, as I said, it's uh, it's it was a wonderful production. I'd love to see that production happen other places too. Beautifully designed and and directed with an orchestra uh, that was terrific under the musical supervision of Gerald Sternbach, who people in Southern California and New York know. And uh, and I should I should mention the songwriters because a lot of people yeah. know them. Uh, people on your show will, will know a lot of them. Adam Guan. I've interviewed Adam, yeah. Yeah, and Anna K. Jacobs, who I mentioned, mm -hmm. Mindy Dickstein and Carmel Dean, yep. and um, Jordan Beck and Gerald Sternbach, and uh, God, who am I leaving out? Um, oh, it's terrible. There's one other <laughs> songwriter, songwriting team who, who's brilliant. Um, I should have put this with me before <laughs> but anyway it'll come to me it'll come to me um anyway they're say, all did you say matt oh matt gould okay. matt gould of course a brilliant matt gould and uh while we were down there doing the show um his musical lempica uh premiered at uh la jolla playhouse so we all yeah. went and saw that it's wonderful uh he's extremely talented um he did a um a theater piece called Witness Uganda uh, a few years back, uh, also very powerful. And uh, anyway, so I felt like I was in really good company and, uh, and uh, you know, for me, it was a really positive experience and we'll see what happens. How did they choose the diaries? I know they they used five of them, obviously six after. Yeah, right. was there was there more that they were they had to whittle it down from, or did they know they wanted these? Jordan Beck did an active search of diaries, mm -hmm. and um, at at a certain point, and um, some of them came to him through Yad Vashem, the memorial, uh, the Holocaust memorial in Jerusalem, and other sources. I'm sure he used the internet to find to find them all and um uh you know some of the characters come at it you know very politically but uh, a couple of them but most of them it's really just sort of the everyday experience of life uh slowly being taken away uh you know so um uh it's incredible stuff i think the only other diary that's you know well known is Anne Frank's diary, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's about her being in hiding, which is an incredible story, I don't have to say. Yeah. Um uh, but these um these people, these kids were not in hiding. They were uh, you know, they were ultimately uh most of them in ghettos before they uh, you know, and and they all they none of them survived, but their diaries did. So um so is is the show written sequentially? So it's one diary, one diary, one diary, or is it intermixed? No, it's intermixed. Wow. You meet all the characters uh, one by one, but they also play other people in each other's lives. The actors do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it's not sequential. 
um, it's it's more like the impact of the events is sequential. Yeah. Um, but since it took place in, it takes place in different countries, and uh, so there are different points of entry, and the diaries were not all written like literally at the beginning of the war and ending at the end of the war. Like some one diary doesn't start till 1944 and only goes on for I think it's seven months, and and other diaries go from like 39 to you know 42 or mm-hmm. you know so um, it just as it spread through Europe, you know like Hungary for instance we have one a Hungarian character, um, the, the you know it came kind of late to Hungary in the whole process but they caught, Hungary caught up very quickly. <laughs> with the rest of with the rest of Europe in terms of that. So anyway, well, I don't think it's ever too. It's probably never not timely, but I think especially now with the rise of not just of anti-Semitism, but um, the rise of fascism in mm-hmm. Europe and the danger of it here, the danger to democracy here in the United States. So, and and you are all keenly aware of. Yeah, I was gonna say you're, you're right. People, you know, at some point, everyone who was alive during it is going to pass on, and we need to remember these stories so we don't, you know, repeat the the, the atrocities and the horrific things that happened. Well, um, I mean, you can see some of it's repeating right now already. So, you yeah. know, it doesn't seem possible that we haven't learned anything from the 20th <laughs> century, but the fact yeah. is, uh, we haven't learned that much. So, yeah. And when I hear the rhetoric uh, in this country from the, uh, I guess you could call it the extreme right, although it's really hard to say if it's just the extreme right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's fr- personally frightening. It's frightening. I'm I'm curious it when it it's it's getting its production. You obviously heard about what happened to Parade in New York with with the protests. Yeah. 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 Like, I can't say I was surprised, but I still yeah. was shocked anyway. Yeah. yeah. You didn't obviously get any of that last when you put it on. No, we got <laughs> we got nothing like that. It, nothing like that. I mean, it wasn't nearly as high profile, obviously. Maybe, but and maybe there isn't a big neo-Nazi presence in San Diego. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but no, we didn't get anything like that. Yeah. I mean, if there were any threats, I certainly never heard about it. Well, it's I think I would have known. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, the world is upside down sometimes. But I, I haven't seen it yet, but I understand uh, Parade is a terrific production and yes. definitely worth seeing. I'm hoping when I get down in May that I go see it. <laughs> so, uh, what was it? Was it what, what was it like to watch an audience's reactions? Um, how did they react? And was there anything that surprised you when you were what when when they watched it? Well, it was wonderful to sit in the audience and gauge the reaction. Um, I guess what surprised me is how much they, how much they reacted, mm. you know, uh, and how moved they were and how uh, impelled they were to express it. You know, I, I mean, I think we're all, you know, it's, People talk about, oh, standing ovations are, just happen no matter what, you know, nowadays. But this felt so organic and, uh, you know, there were standing ovations at every performance and there were, you could hear sniffling and, and, and laughter, as I said. So 
Yeah, I, I just was, and also I have to say, uh, you know, a bunch of Holocaust survivors came, you know, and uh, I was very interested to know their reaction. And it was all very, very positive. Although there was one man who said, uh, he pulled me aside afterwards and he said, you know, uh, that thing didn't happen in Budapest in that year at that time or some, something like that. Yeah. Just picking on a little detail. And I said, oh, I... The next day he contacted me and said, no, because, you know, we do a lot of research when yeah. we're doing things like that, writers do, and uh, it matters to us to get it right. So so that was the only thing that anybody picked out, and then it turned out <laughs> to be not a problem. So, um, so yeah, and I, I have to say the talent of the cast is, is just uh, astonishing. Um, and I think it just proves to me that, you know, when I, you know, I, went to grad school at NYU in the musical theater program. And uh, now I remember um, Arthur Lawrence, you know, one of our teachers said, uh, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, write any kind of character. D don't feel limited by what you think is out there. You will always find the right person for the part, you know? And I feel that was really, really true in this case. Uh, especially, I think it's true in all cases, probably. But um, you know, the, there was a maturity to the um, to the actors beyond their years. You know, in terms of being able to handle this, and it was interesting also just to see how affected they were emotionally, either at people in the rehearsal room watching another one of them, one of their fellow actors perform and crying, or the actors themselves. You know. Um, and that, that was a very intense experience, but I think they would all agree completely that it's a very positive one that they'll remember. So is is the show available yet for any productions or is it still just... Well, it, it's available in the sense that if you uh, contact uh, uh, the uh, producers of the show at the California Center for the Arts, that's Jordan Beck and Jeremy Lapp, J. Scott Lapp, LA mm -hmm. uh, They can talk to you about how to how to do the show and where you can do the show, mm -hmm. or if you can produce the show. Um, I think what they're looking for are uh, investors to mount a production, you know, uh, but in terms of like, can can schools do it now? Maybe I'm not even sure. I shouldn't be the one to answer the question. But <laughs> yeah. if anybody's interested, they can contact me. They can contact you, and you can contact me, and I'll find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's it's a fascinating, like I said, a fascinating story and production and timely. I, I you know what I think it's it'll always be timely because unfortunately, it, you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. Um, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah it's it's something we will. Unfortunately, as humans, there's going to be a little percentage mm -hmm. that just we'll never understand, and we just need to remind the the majority that we still have to fight against this. So, right, and I think I think that's what something that's it's important for theater to tackle. Yes, you know, 
Um, you mentioned parade. Um, you know, these are stories that shouldn't be forgotten. And uh, yeah. obviously not just about, you know, what happened to, to Jews and other minorities in the Holocaust, but every kind of injustice in the world Mm -hmm. you know, needs to be um, brought up. I, I recently saw the tour of 1776 out mm -hmm. here in Los Angeles at the Amundsen Theater. And um, it was, it's always been in the show really acute in this production, which is, uh, as I think you know, all, uh, all female, or, or I think there's a non-binary actor. And uh, also, um, you know, various... Uh, you know, people of color, um, you know, various um, backgrounds and everything. So, uh, you know, kind of like the Hamilton treatment, except all women. Yes. And, um, and um, you know, it's always, I think, been a, a key of the production that when push comes to shove at the very end, the biggest issue that may have kept uh, the Declaration of Independence from happening and the revolution from happening is the issue of slavery. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when, <clears throat> you know, Jefferson and Franklin and, and Adams um, ultimately give in to the pressure to eliminate the slavery, the anti-slavery part of the Declaration of Independence, uh, and then there's a revolution, it's, um, you know, that's, that's the original sin of the birth of our nation. And we're still suffering from that today, obviously. So um, important for that story to be told and to understood, no matter what the gender or race makeup of the cast, you know. Um, uh, and also it didn't keep the show from, I mean, it, it just, I think made the, sh made the show even deeper, I would say. And it was actually a really, it's really a fun show. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, my wife and I really, really had a good time. And um, in this tour, two of the um, actors in it, Joanna Glushak and uh, Nancy Anderson, have long histories with uh, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. It was wonderful to see them. And uh, anyway, I recommend anybody uh, still playing at the Amundsen, I think, through May 7th, and it continues its tour. Wow. Uh, country, so... I don't think it's coming up here, but I'd, I'd, I'd be very curious to figure it's out. It's not. It's not as long a tour as many. Mm -hmm. uh, I think because there was some controversy about the Broadway production. There was yeah. an actor in the Broadway production who, unfortunately, uh, published a, a really hostile uh, letter about it uh, somewhere. So our interview, not with you, but. You know, somebody yeah. and um and i think it may have um turned off some people but uh but i think it's uh it would be a shame to to miss the telling of the story because i think it's uh it's a timeless story but that's a show that probably will never come up here because i'm in toronto so 1776 right in Canada. right like, i'd love to see way. it but i think i have to come yeah. down there <laughs> yeah 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 right well <laughs> if it hasn't played where, where would it have to play for you to see it i don't know what probably in toronto here i think that would be the easiest place. yeah yeah so but if it were you know somewhere in the northeast yeah, yeah exactly yeah, of the maybe if it comes to buffalo I'll, I'll drive across the border 
and, yeah. and go see it there. Uh, most of the the broad, most Broadway tours come through Toronto, don't they? They do, but seventeen seventy six yeah. just seems like one that yeah, I can Hamilton understand. did and is still here, but yeah, oh, yeah. well, that's no surprise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so actually, you know, technically speaking, it might have come to Toronto. If, Maybe one. <laughs> it didn't, you know, it didn't obviously didn't run nearly as long. It had a relatively short run, and and uh, um, this production and in New York and so. Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother thing about short runs and and broad Broadway right now. That's a, that's a whole other topic. To yeah, I mean, it's about, not. But, a, it's yeah. a yeah. It's a topic that's uh, sometimes on my mind just because I, you know, I'm working, I'm writing, and yeah. um, the landscape is you know ever shifting, mm -hmm. and um, I think for the most part in very positive ways in a, in, a, in a lot of you know in a lot of directions. Yep. in terms of being more inclusive of, of you know color and gender and uh more opportunities uh for writers i think uh than there ever were and um so in that sense there's there's some good stuff but mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of good stuff but there's there's also the business of it is confusing yeah a lot of people right now like yep. what should pre be produced and uh, you know what should be produced in a perfect world or what should be produced in order to make money and do they ever mix yes you know there are a lot of there are some shows with great reviews um uh right now that are struggling really struggling and and that's been happening that happened last season too and um uh it's been happening a lot this season that, that really you know uh highly praised shows aren't running so um i haven't figured it out i'm so, so somebody's gonna have to figure it out at some point it's probably not gonna be me and it may not be <laughs> you, but uh yeah i think it's just gonna be time yeah yeah you know? uh but i i think uh the fact that there are producers willing to go out on a limb and produce stuff because it's mm. important it's good yep it's really very... and so, also we'll i think i think the rise of and i think we've gone a little you know off topic but i think not really i think the rise of producers willing to open stuff not necessarily in new york because the, the united states canada the world there's more than just london and new york and chicago and toronto there are pockets that are hot spots for theater and why not why not have a show open there and, and grow so i think producers mm -hmm. are realizing that so yeah, I'm going through something like that with uh, Flamingo Kid, which is a musical I wrote with Scott mm -hmm. Frankel that had a, its first production at uh, Hartford Stage in uh, in May, April, May, June of 2019, right before the pandemic. And uh, Scott and I have um, done a significant rewrite of it. And the producers are looking for to do another production now. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're looking for cities with great they're looking for great regional theaters but not not the expected ones yeah uh you know not the big places not chicago not you know the obvious places uh and so we'll see what happens with that uh but uh that'll be interesting be really happy to be uh well i've been working on it the whole time but be happy to be in production again with that i think is uh you know, a real also has a lot to say. 
So in a surprising way, I think that people who just know the movie would, would be yeah. surprised again. So June 4th, um, tell us how people can learn more about uh, the upcoming production of uh, Witnesses. They can, I'm sorry that I'm getting these dings online. That's a, um, what, I didn't hear any of them. Oh, but maybe, really? maybe it's people oh, wanting good. to see the show and needing to. That must to... be it. They're listening right now, live. Exactly, if it's not live, live, but they're still listening. But they're listening, right. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can go to the website of California Center for the Arts in Escondido, CCAE. And uh, you can Google that and uh, witnesses. Or you can Google witnesses and La Jolla. It's going to be in La Jolla um, at the Jewish Community Center there, uh, which has a name beyond Jewish Community Center. And I'm sorry, I don't have the information in front of me. Uh, but um, uh, and you can uh, get tickets for that. It's two o'clock on June fourth, okay? And uh, it, it's a concert version of the show, okay. so there won't be sets and light. I mean, lights, but you know, there'll be good sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a it's not a full production, but you will see the whole show with the book. Yeah, so uh, with the original cast, wow. and um, uh, they all made a point of you know, wanting to be there to do it. So, so it's great. It's also part of uh, J-Fest and you could also uh, Google J-Fest La Jolla and uh, find out about it there. And it's called Witnesses. Um, so that, that would be the way to see that. And um, hope it comes someday to a video chat with you. That'd be uh, fantastic. Um... Yeah. Robert, thank you so much for reaching out oh. and uh, letting me know about this show. Because, yeah, sure. it is fascinating and sounds incredible. And I would love to see it somewhere. And if I was in California in June, uh, I would be down there. But Well, maybe uh, someday in Toronto, that would be wonderful. I would definitely uh, be there. <laughs> so, so that's fantastic. Thank you again, Robert, for uh coming on and, and talking. My pleasure. Thank you for having me and uh, uh, all the best to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. We were just speaking with Robert Friedman about the show Witnesses. Um, check that out. Go to the website, look up Witnesses and La Jolla. And if you are in California in June, make sure you go see this because it sounds fascinating and see it for me and let me know uh, how it went. All right. Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about our life, love, and passion that is musical theater. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff, and until next time, I'll see you when I see you.